What's up, Stranger Talk? This is Stranger Talk, Wilton Hawkins Recap. I'm your host, Bryson, and I'm taking you on this adventure throughout all the seasons of Stranger Things. Can't wait to see you there, over and out. No, you're not yet. You have to, like, listen to the full episode. Alright, but see ya. Like... There you go. This is the intro. Chapter 1. The Hellfire Club. On September 8, 1979, Dr. Martin Brenner prepares for work at Hawkins National Laboratory. At the lab, he enters the rainbow room where a number of children are playing. He approaches Sen, who was playing with the magic eight ball, and asked if Ten was ready for a, for more lessons. Ten shook the ball and showed Brenner all signs of OTS. In the hallway, they pass a woman named Dr. Ellis along with another test subject named Six. Brenner and Ten begin their experiments. Brenner had Ten use his precognitive abilities to see what Brenner was drawing on his pad. Brenner and asked if they could do something more challenging by seeing what Dr. Ellis and Six were doing. In the other room, Ten sees Dr. Ellison Six doing an experiment where he suddenly begins to hyperventilate. And he says that something was wrong as all of a sudden the lab's alarm goes off. Brenner uses the intercom to ask what was happening. Ten tells him that Six and Dr. Ellison were dead. Brenner slowly headed to the door to Tim's room as he hears screams and impacts outside the door. The door bursts off its hinges and hit Brenner, knocking him unconscious. When he awoke, he was horrified and upset to find Tim dead. As Brenner limped outside, he saw the test subjects, security guards, and fellow doctors dead and blood. In the rainbow room, he finds about a dozen, uh, another, another One child was standing near broken mirror, breathing heavily. Brenner angrily asked the test subject, what have they done? The child turns around, slowly face Brenner. It was a young eleven, whose eyes nose and ears were dripping with with that word. Sorry, 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 I'm just moving around. By, By March, by March 1986, five, five months after the buyer's departure from Hawkins, the family and Eleven, who now 
goes by Jane Hopper, publicly reside in a small town in the Nora Hills, California. He even writes to Mike a letter discussing how she and the buyers are adjusting to their new home, to their new lives. Elle has been assigned to school, a school project to make, to make a diorama of a hero. Choosing her late father, Hopper, recreating the cabin they used to live together. They used to live together. Joyce now works from home as a tele, as a telemarketer, selling eco um, encyclopedias. Joyce claims to live with the freedom, but she is secretly frustrated by how her customers constantly hang up on her. Will has been painting a lot, particularly on a secret piece he won't show out, show anyone. Elle hypothesizes that it's possibly for a girl that he likes, since he's been acting on quote-unquote weird. Jonathan has been been acting odd because beginning to smoke smelly plants alongside his best friend Argyle. His new best friend Argo, since he's been stress, stressed waiting for his college application acceptance letter for Emerson College in Massachusetts, where Nancy has been accepted to. Since Jonathan's car has broken down, the buyers the buyers trio carpools to the school in Argyle's van, Superboy Pizza delivery van. Elle continues to say she's doing great in school, making plenty of new friends, and doing well in classes. This proves to be false as she receives poor test scores from rude teachers and is the victim of bullying from Angela, a popular mean girl and her boyfriend Jake. Elle concludes the letter by saying she cannot wait to see Mike for the spring break ending. Her letter with Love Elle back in Hawkins. Most of the crew has been preoccupied with events at Hawkins High School. Mike, Dustin, and Lucas. No, Mike, Dustin, Lucas, and Max are now freshmen. Mike, Dustin, and Lucas have joined the Dean School's DMV Club, the Hellfire Club, which is often under scrutiny due to the rising satanic panic across America. Though Mike Anderson and Emerson devoted to the club, Lucas has become preoccupied with the school's basketball team. Dustin continues to date Susie, who uses her hacking skills to change his poor grades in Latin through her computer despite going against her religious beliefs. Steve carpools Robin to school for basketball pep rally, discussing their lack of love lives. Steve struggles to find the right girl for him since most of them don't go past anything anything you know, that way. Robin, meanwhile, has become infatuated with a with a fellow bandmate of hers, Vicky, but is but is afraid that professing 
said feelings will result in her being ostracized. Um, Steve tells her she should take her own advice on being confident. Since it's working for him, while also telling her that Vicky definitely likes, you know, um, I'm not gonna say that. At school, Max is told by the new guidance counselor, Miss Kelly, to see her after the prep rally, the pep rally. As Mike, Dustin, and Max sit together, they watch as Lucas trots trots and alongside the basketball team and her captain popular dog Jason Carver I'm actually happy he died but Jason Jason gives an eulogy speech for the lives that were lost during the Star Court Mall's fire we all know that's not true including Heather Holloway Jim Hopper and Billy Hargrove. I can't, I can't, I was just, I just rolled my eyes in at Jason. After he said that, I knew he was going to be a bad character. He uses it as a momentum to inspire his players to win the, the championship game, which will take place that night. Surprised to hear the game will take place that night. Mike and Dustin attempt to persuade Lucas to join Eddie's campaign, which takes place at the same time. However, Lucas insists that he can't miss the campaign, the championship game, and asks him to tell Eddie to move the campaign to next, to next night, to the next night, and come to his game instead. Although annoyed with their friend, Mike and Dustin reluctantly agree. In California, Joyce receives a package from Russia and opens it to discover that it contains a doll fearing that that the, K, that the KGB might be targeting her for closing the gate. Joyce contacts Murray and asks for help. Inspecting the doll closer, Joyce finds cracks that have been seemingly glued shut. Murray fears that it may contain a contain a bomb and tells Joyce to smash it all using a rope and a heavy object as a safety precaution. Having successfully smashed it all, Joyce Joyce becomes shocked and ecstatic to find a note stating that Hopper is alive. At Lenora Hills High School, High School Eleven is called up to the present presenter visual aid. With Will attempting to be her supporter, the girl next to Will attempts to play footsie with him, but he uncomfortably recoils. Elle's presentation is mocked by Jake in the class while Angela raises her hand and purposely critiques that the project was about someone historical and her father being in the local paper don't count, didn't count. Eleven fighting backwards here said that her father died saving people in the mall fire and was was a hero to her, causing the class to become uncomfortable and Angela to to save face. 
apologize and say she just wanted clarification for the assignment's rules. After class, Elle leaves in tears as Will fails to comfort her. At the woodwork at the wood shop, Argyle attempts to cheer up a mopey, a mopey Jonathan since, since Nancy is unavailable to visit him during the, during the spring break due to her working for the school's newspaper. Meanwhile, Nancy is pestered by by her confident um, Fred Benson on why on why Jonathan isn't visiting since he has to take his family while also while also waiting waiting um, on for his acceptance letter. Argyle pokes holes in Jonathan's points since getting accepted would put him huge financial debt debt and it is also not what he wants. While Fred pokes holes in Nancy's points, since Jonathan isn't communicative with her. Jonathan and Nancy defend each other, saying that their relationship is perfect. At that, they love each other. At the end of the day, Elle walks across campus, but is tripped by Angela, making her drop her diorama. Will walking outside, watching in a shop as the bullies purposely taunt Elle as they step on her diorama. Elle, enraged, calls out to Angela and screams as she attempts to use her powers. You know what? I actually wish her powers worked, but but it fails. Angela and the bullies laugh at how ridiculous she looks. As the crowd, as the crowd that circled around her joined in miss gracie Elle's teacher stops everything and asks Elle if someone ruined the project Elle lies and says she tripped but as annoyed but annoyed miss gracie sees angela and her cronies avoiding eye contact miss gracie then takes takes angela to the principal's office causing angela to lie and ask Elle to say it wasn't she wasn't responsible, but Elle is too upset to speak. As the crowd dissolves, Will rushes in and tells Elle they can fix the project. But Elle only sits in tears. She picks up a figure of Hopper and has been broken in half. On her way to Hawkins, to the Hawkins Women's School Counselor office, Max notices Chrissy Cunningham leaving the room seemingly distressed in her office. Max has been revealed to be suffering from low grades as a result of changes in her life both, both familiar and mentally. Her stepdad has left left her and Max's mother following Billy's death, leaving him with little money. As a result, Susan and Max have moved to, into the Forest Hill Trailer Park, where Susan has picked up two jobs and has begun to drink heavily. Max, meanwhile, has been suffering from headaches and nightmares, featuring police person death. Max, however, <clears throat> refuses to open up to Miss Kelly. 
about her trauma, saying that she's getting better. Lucas catches her in the hallway afterwards and attempts to help her open up by inviting her to his basketball game. He comments on how she doesn't even seem to be present anymore. Doesn't even seem to be present anymore. Since they've broken up, hurt, Max rejects his offer and coldly tells Lucas that people just change. She, enter, she enters the girl's bathroom, restroom, and notices a seemingly sick Chrissy in one of the stalls. She offers her help, but Chrissy refuses as Max leaves her alone in the restroom. Chrissy sees a horrific hallucination involving her mother screaming and trying to enter the toilet stall. As she watches monstrous feet, watches monstrous feet appear under the stalls. The door suddenly, the hallucination ends and Chrissy runs out of the bathroom in the cafeteria. Mike, Dustin, Mike and Dustin inform Eddie of Lucas, Lucas's inability to play Dungeons and Dragons that night. They ask him to postpone the game, but Eddie insists the game will be will be played. He tells Mike and Dustin to find a substitute. The pair scout scouts the high school for a substitute who fell to find one. Dustin realized that they do not have to restrict their search to the high school and instead find Erica at Hawkins Middle School, who agrees to play. Meanwhile, Chrissy walks, Chrissy walks across the school, football field, and into the woods behind the school. She sees a grandfather clock seemingly appear with a tree trunk, within a tree trunk, and is horrified with black window, widow spiders pour from the face of the clock. The vision vanishes, however, when Eddie arrives, Chrissy meets with the young drug dealer. The young drug dealer and their conversation turns to their history in middle school. Eddie offers to sell Chrissy that whatever the um yeah that um you know, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that name it's kind of restricted but but Chrissy asks for something stronger as the championship game at the championship game. Lucas takes notice of Max's absence and is disappointed by the outcome. With with Hawkins Tigers gaining points steadily against their opponent during the game, the team's opponent intentionally injures one of their players, which which causes a benched Lucas to replace his position. Fearing they will lose the victory, Jason becomes determined to score them a point, but misses the hoop. But Lucas takes the ball and scores the winning shot during a buzzer beating, securing their team to, to their win, their win, the team, their team to win. At the at the same time, Mike, Dustin, and Erica arrive arrive for their for the campaign with Lucas with Eddie expressing skeptical skepticism regarding Erica's ability to play D and D, but is swayed over by by her skill and charm and welcomes her to the health to health fight. In the middle of the campaign, the group faces off against Vegna, who thought 
who is thought to have died from Cass killing attempt and is met with difficult with difficulties over the choice of either retreating or stand their ground and fight. But the group ultimately decides on the latter at the climax of the campaign Dustin and Erica are the only two left alive with the group, considering retreating once once more, but two players are determined to kill Vigna. Dustin's attempt to attack and misses the shot, but Erica successfully vanished vanquished the boss with a critical hit. Both team relished the joy of winning of winning their respective game, but Lucas takes notice of his sister celebrating their victory with others with with other members of the Hellfire Club and is saddened at this at this fact. Max is is in her trailer with her mom who's asleep and uh, and apparently dropped and apparently dropped. Max hears the dog barking for food, gathers the leftovers and goes to his pen to feed him. She sees Eddie and Chrissy going into into Eddie's trailer in the Munson trailer. Eddie searches for, for a drug known as Special K to sell to Chrissy while Chrissy is walking is waiting she hears the distorted chimes of the grandfather clock and goes to look for Eddie. Chrissy opens the door and sees her mother's distorted image. Chrissy appears to be reliving her traumatic memories and to be in her own home not in Eddie's trailer. She sees her father with eyes with eyes and mouth sewn shut. Buzz back at the trailer. Book Eddie finds the drug, but is surprised to find Chrissy standing motionlessly, motionless and unresponsive. In a trans-like state, the lights start flickering as a panicked Eddie attempts to wake Chrissy up in his trance. Chrissy is being chased by by an unknown entity who, who beckons for her. She is concerned. She is cornered by the entity back in the trailer. Eddie is left to watch in horror as Chrissy's body begins to levitate before slamming up against the ceiling. As her joints bend in horror and angles, her jaw cracks sideways and her eyes gouge out. Eddie screams as the episode ends. Damn. Imagine being Eddie and seeing that in real life. Over and out, friends.